Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by Lou Goen, D A D. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you, manly? Big oh, because you oh, finished yeah. your uh, your big wood project. Yeah, I think if I do any more wood, I might become a bit toxic. <laughs> so manly. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me all about it. I mean, you showed me. It was very, very impressive. Showed you all that wood. Mm -hmm. Uh, So here's the long and short of it, guys. I had five weeks to complete a a ladder shelf, and I was ill the first week, and I pretty much completed it in four. Take that, everybody else. Uh, But what I didn't account for... If you're not watching the video version of that, Ollie did just do the little hand. That is really impressive. And again... (laughs) I can do it both. It's uh, it's the Ali G Booyaka Shah. Yeah. Finger click. Hasn't been popular since 2001. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know why it came out of me just then. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've done that in years. I can do it both. Huh? That is, but I can't do it either. This, it was a lot of at-home practicing yeah. in the early noughties. It's a bit like when I taught myself how to do the people's eyebrow. Great for podcast listening. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. We were just. Can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear the electricity of the eyebrows? <laughs> so anyway, you had uh, f- five. Whoa, weeks whoa, we whoa, whoa. Well, we're in a different co- uh, topic of conversation now. Check out this. Phones for you. <laughs> Phones for you. That was something else I learned to do really quickly because they did it on the advert. Yeah, yeah I remember. Anyway, um, so I thought I would just go in and glue the bit together. So, you know, you sort of assemble it and then you put glue in and you, you vice it all together and it sets after half an hour. I thought that was a half hour job. Popped along last night to the workshop. I was there for four hours. Whoa! I left it at quarter to 11. Wow. I was burning the midnight oil and the finishing oil. I sanded that mother effort within, an, within a, 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 a milligram of its life. I thought I'd hate sanding. And it's very exhausting. But 
I, it's it's so smooth, so smooth now. I just was kept... it a hand sander or a electric one? Hand sander. Wow. Yeah, I really went for it. Um, and I didn't know there were different grades of sandpaper. Mm. So you start with the thickest and you get that, and then you go a bit finer, and you're just getting more and more fine, and that makes the wood smooth, smooth, and smoother. And every time I thought, I'll probably top out here at 120. <laughs> and then, I, then I'd stroke it, and I'd be like, I think that can get a bit smoother. Yeah, right? yeah. So I busted it up to 240. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty much just a sheet of paper. <laughs> Just a sheet of A4 paper. Yeah, yeah. I rubbed it on it so hard. Yeah, so it is... What Unfortunately, what the, the picture does not show you is how smooth it is. Mm. Well, you said on the other side that you didn't take so a picture. So coarse. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as she told me, yeah, well, it's going up against the wall. You probably don't know. I was like, I'm already, I'm not already not listening to you. I'm sanding the front again. <laughs> so you were just sanding for three and a half hours and then set it to glue I, I probably sanded for an hour and a half set it to glue and then the rest of the time i was finishing so you're just rubbing oil into it mm-hmm. to just give it a sort of different color but mostly to kind of act as a very very thin sealant in in this 90 minutes that you were doing sanding mm. what's everyone else do, are, are you chatting to each other are you talking about like what you watched on netflix master chef no. and this and the other are you, are you just in your own zone so the interesting thing because yeah it's a workshop um i was going at the start of somebody else's term so they were making the same stuff i did mm-hmm. but they were two weeks into the process okay <laughs> noobs and <laughs> did you show them some handy hints and stuff someone asked me for advice did they really and I went, don't ask me. That was three weeks ago. <laughs> you better ask Catherine, the teacher. Um, a woman? Yeah, I know, right? They were the, mostly women. Couldn't let them do anything these days. This is the manipulation of physical objects. <laughs> I, I don't know who thought this was a good idea. <laughs> so, Well, probably he's going to get a kitchen though, isn't it? Eh? So what I found interesting, just... Yeah, I thought, you know, you'd make a cup of tea, you'd do a little... Kind of like Bake Off, like you said. Put something in the oven and it does its thing and you chat most of the time. Totally incorrect. It is like five people, like five computer programming nerds, just stand at their separate workstations and they do their thing. And maybe, you know, someone will get stuck, like on a puzzle and go, hmm, what do you think I should do here? And they go, oh, have you tried this? Yeah, hmm. Another cup of tea? Yeah. But that's it. That's all the conversation. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so very you, much a solitary did, pursuit. I did think. you listen to a podcast? No. What did you? What did your mind do for an hour and a half? This was one of the reasons I wanted to do it, and that was to get away from the phone, get away from devices, and, yeah, just just focus on the, the, the craft and the focus process. Focus on the wood. Yeah, it's kind of meditative after a while. Hmm. That's nice. Then hmm. I tell you what um, I'm building next. Yeah, your outdoor kitchen. Well, there's my outdoor kitchen, um, but my brother and I are also building my studio in the garage. Mm. Um, And we were also thinking about building a a busy block for the kid. What's a busy block? So a busy block is a cube, and it'll have things like um, a lock on it. So, you know, just sort of like a a claps lock thing. Just one of those on it, just so the kids can sort of like busy themselves with. It might have like a little switch. So it's rich, they could just flick on and off. Okay. So yeah, it's like a multifunctional touchy, exactly, touchy yeah. toy. Exactly, I put a little fidget spinner on it. Yeah. You know, so they can just spin that. They're popular. Exactly. Chuck a bunch of Pokemon cards on the side. Absolutely. As long as you can flick them. Yeah. Because that's the idea of it. It's, it's a sensory thing mm. as well. 
Summer shiny Pokemon cards, is that okay? Uh, or like, do you need to touch it? You need to touch it. I mean, maybe you could do that for different textures. Because mm. that's the other thing the kids are massively into is how different textures. Because a lot of books do that. A lot of books have got like your, the paper on it's different or has a different feel to it. It's like well, this monster has got a different feeling tail to this other monster. Touch the tail. Mm. And then you go like, oh. It's all new to them, isn't it? It's Everything's brand new to What them. a novelty, being a baby. Uh, I've got a couple of emails in that I would like to read. This first one comes in from Finn, uh, who says, It's the Findicator here. I haven't emailed for a while, but felt like this was a must. As the subject line will suggest, this story refers to Luke. Do you want to, do you to turn that on? Is that okay? Well, that's probably going to get picked up by the microphone. Do you think? Yeah. But these are such good microphones. Microphone? Am I coming through on an Echo? Echo. No, it's because it's play, it's, it's, the, it's the playback. Um, what do what do you think? I was getting quite hot. Yeah, I, I mean it does get quite. Should, should we leave it? We'll leave it on for now, <laughs> and then people will tell us that it's too loud, and then we'll turn it off. Okay. Is that uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, here's what Finn says. Uh, as the subject line will suggest, this story refers to Luke. I was driving home from work today, and I was stuck in traffic behind a big furniture lorry. I glanced at the back, and I saw a word that I've only ever heard Luke say, and it made me chuckle. The word is smeg. It's beside <laughs> Siemens in this picture. You nearly crashed the car taking this picture, so I hope you appreciate it. Don't use your phone while driving, kids. Anyway, just wanted to say quickly that chatting with most of you on Patreon video calls has been great fun. You're all love as lovely as you seem. Look forward to doing it again. Jam that jam. Thank you for all your time, Finn. And there is the picture that he took. And as you can see there. There is the logo for Smeg Fridges. Yes. You don't know Smeg Fridges? Exactly. The big American fridges. Apparently they're no good. Really? Break down all the time. I used to think owning a Smeg fridge was my dream. Same uh, here. But then, yeah, because they're like, they're not fitted. They're standout. They look like they've come straight from the 1950s. Oh, beautiful. Different colors. Make it pop. I remember when I, the first time I discovered Smeg Fridges, I thought it was hilarious because <laughs> they were called Smeg Fridges. And I think that when I started using that word on videos and stuff. I think people thought I was referring to that brand, but no, it's just, it's, it's a word from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Finn, if you really want to have fun with that word, watch Red Dwarf. Oh yeah, you'll love it. Uh, <laughs> in the same way that people uh, didn't understand me using the word pants to describe mm. something. Um, why is he calling it trousers? <laughs> well, they wouldn't have said that. It was just like, why are you describing oh, yeah. my pants? Um, whereas like to us, that's underwear, you know, and it's just a bit pants. It's from the nineties. I know it from Games Master. And I got to tell the host of that while I interviewed him, but I still use it to this day. <laughs> uh, anywho, we've got to get into the main show. We've got a couple more emails to get to in the outro portion of this show. But for now, here is us talking about apparently quite a controversial topic. Here is the show. Well, well let, let's talk about today's sponsor, and then we'll discuss. Because this episode is sponsored by our good friends at Geology. We want you to look the best you possibly can, and Geology is here to help you. It's very simple. All you got to do is click the link in the video description down below, and you'll take a little 30-second quiz. You're, oh, you're going to show off your skin, are you? I'm going to show my face off. Yep. There he is. Look at, look, uh, wait for it, focus. There it is. Look how good that skin looks. That is because he took a 30 second quiz and he was then given his own bespoke package that came with face creams and the like. And now he looks absolutely stunning. Every time we do this, it just makes me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
So yeah, click the link in the video description down below. It is a simple skincare routine formulated for daily use, personalized for your skin and the benefits you want to see. Great for individuals with sensitive skin, acne, dark circles, and wrinkles. The circles around the eyes was actually one of the things I was really looking forward mm. to. Um, so you can get 50% <coughs> off your 30-day trial by clicking the link in the video description down below. That's geology.com. Save yourself 50% on your 30-day trial. We'll open this box and show you its innards in just 10 or so minutes time so you want to stick around for that but first off let's talk about the main event of this show it was an owen hart cup match tournament match it's nice not to say qualifier all the time because it was like the owen hart memorial foundation tournament cup qualifier Mm -hmm. and now it's one word fewer oh which makes it all the more palatable. Rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just accidentally say that string of words. I think most people are just calling it the Owen. Yes. So this was, uh, we had two men's matches. We had Adam Cole and Dax Harwood. Which Did, did we have two women's call of, uh, two women's? No. no well, of course not. No. no. Um, and the, mostly commercial break. <laughs> I, look, these were two completely different styles of matches. And that's what... It's so great about AEW, that sort of extreme variety. God, for me, I'd probably just prefer Dax and Cole, just because we'll get onto that match later. But my God, for a guy, for, for me, who is not into Jeff Hardy, um, he's never been my guy. I've never really understood him. I cannot deny he is very popular to a lot of people. I've just never understood him. Darby, I do very much like. These two had a match even better than I would argue very high expectations. 100% because this is when Jeff came into AEW, I think that this was high on the list of dream matches for Jeff to have, which is against Darby Allen because Darby Allen has clearly based a lot of his career Mm. on early 2000s Jeff Hardy. And that sort of like daredevil risk-taking stuff. Don't do it, kid. Nink, you feel like that sort of like uh, that attitude and stuff. And taking it to the next level and like leveling it up, doing wackier, crazier, bigger stunts and this and the other. And like they had a video promo earlier in the night where they were basically like, look, we're not going to do catch as catch can wrestling because that's not what people want to see out of us. The finish was? Well, Love that. That's the irony, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, they were like, no, this needs to be a no-holds-barred match, no rules. We need to go out there and give the fans the special night because that is what Sting had promised in that uh, Mm. promo. So I thought that they went out there and actually, like you say, almost over-delivered on what they set out to do. I thought this was a spectacular spectacle. Mm. I wouldn't say it was a spectacular match, but it was certainly a spectacular spectacle. And it really did transport me back to the year 2000, watching the Hardys versus the Dudleys in that tables match at Royal Rumble, and then watching the Triangle Ladder match at WrestleMania 2000, TLC in the summer, and TLC 2 at WrestleMania. It really like transported me back to that. And you know the sort of matches that Darby would have watched when he was a kid and be like, that is who I want to be mm. when I grow up. When I was a kid, I was like, that is who I want to watch. As, and now, and then I want to watch them in 20 years' time, and it's great that I still get to do that. I absolutely loved what they did. Yeah, it was just to run through a few of the spots oh, yeah. that, you know, bearing in mind there is crazy stuff happening throughout this match, but the main spots were Darby Allen doing a swanton bomb off one of those really tall ladders in the ring, but not all the way up, chicken. <laughs> It's just a little bit, I guess, like a foot or two higher than your, your normal top turnbuckle. Yeah. So when so they set up this la- like chair island, chair table, 
Um, yeah. You're, you're, look, your parents have taken you out to a party and you're a kid and you're tired. You're going to push the chairs together to make a little bed. I see what I was more thinking of was just like, you know, you've invited your friends coming around for dinner, but oh, you actually haven't got enough chairs around the table. So you need to get the emergency chairs out. And they're all at the side. They're all at the side. Yeah. And that's essentially what Darby was doing. And they created this little like chair table, you know, as, as you mentioned there. And Darby was then laid down on it. Jeff gets out this massive ladder. It was ludicrously tall, this <laughs> ladder. It was so tall that Tony Giovanni said, I think he's going to try and change some light bulbs while he's up there. <laughs> and they do it. They set it up. And he goes up to like do his big swan time thing. Darby gets up. And I wrote in my notes here, Darby stops this madness because no one's actually going off this thing. And what happens is Darby yanks him off the ladder and he crotches him on the top ropes. Jeff then falls into the ladder table. Sorry, chair, chair table. Chair table. Chair table. Yeah. Darby then goes up and he does essentially his own sort of diving swanton bomb thing. And Jeff sort of catches him. He catches, I would say, a good 35% of him. Yeah, 33 and a third percent. And then Darby took the rest of it all on his back onto the, the chairs. Spectacular scenes. I mean, mm. loads of replays, proper like highlight reel stuff. And I enjoyed it way more than I did Jeff doing that swanton on uh, through the table a few months ago on Dynamite, which made me go like, oh dear. Well, don't worry. He, he got he, he <laughs> did his own spot. So Jeff is chucked into the ring, but he has the ring awareness to roll onto the apron. Darby's like, I see you. Mm-hmm. Pops up onto the top rope. Coffin drop. Oh no, Jeff moves. Pff, I've seen that before, Darby. Can't you hurt yourself more for my pleasure? You've done a coffin drop on the apron loads of times. But it was because what was happening, the steel steps had been set up earlier, so it was they were sort of on their side. Darby found himself draped over the top. Jeff climbed to the top turnbuckle and hit a swanton bomb off of that onto the steps and Darby moved. Yeah. Oh. I was showing these clips to Dan Layton earlier because we were filming Cineworld together and he could not take his eyes off the uh, the Darby spot and was just like, oh my God, that's like one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And I showed him the Jeff Hardy one. He was like, in comparison, it's not as bad. There's, <laughs> there's actually quite a lot of give to those heel stairs. Really? Yeah, I, I think so. It's Twang. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like a afterwards. It was a proper Roadrunner sound effect. So then Darby rolls Jeff into the ring off of that, tries to hit a coffin drop. He, he hit, well, he misses Jeff, like how Jeff used to barely touch people with the swanton. And Jeff sort of, what, crucifix pins him, yeah. I guess, and gets the win with a wrestling move. This was not just like a, a great main event. It was a great dream match and... It was probably the best Jeff Hardy match I've seen. Singles. I mean, like, when I think of tag-wise, I think Hardys versus Bucks yeah, yeah. five years ago. Yeah, the ladder war. But for a singles Jeff Hardy match... Yeah. Yeah, I think so. God, maybe like a decade. No, oh, well, I was about to say the CM Punk matches, but those were over a decade ago. So like 2009. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you might be onto something there. We may be missing one that like is screaming out to us, but like, like his heel run in TNA weren't all mm. that great. And then when he was in WWE, it was just playing the hits. He wasn't doing any matches that was like this. Like The only one I could think of is uh, the triangle ladder match that they did in the Thunderdome era. Mm. It was him, AJ and Sami Zayn, yeah. which was great, not but, a singles but it's not a singles match. But I loved that match. Mm. I think it was AJ. So I'd I'd say like, wow, Jeff, I think a lot of the dialogue around you since you've come to AEW has been like, 
because he hasn't looked good. I, I think that's quite agreed upon. I, I think the dive off the side of the building was very good. This is separate. I think he looked great in that moment. It's like, what Sting is perfect for those little spots. But if he was to wrestle an actual match, he'd be like, oh, this is awkward. Because the Singles, match... I would say. They hide him very yeah. well in tag yeah, matches. Yeah. Uh, the singles match last week to qualify for the Iron Heart. It was Bobby Fish, wasn't it? Mm. Bobby Fish, I thought, was fantastic in that match. Jeff Hardy. Ugh. But here, you either hide Jeff in a tag team... Or you have this kind of match and it hides all of his limitations. Now, those limitations are brought on by a very reckless style that he's wrestled forever. And this is the sort of crux of the discussion point here because many people, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio included, have said like, this, this is, should Jeff be taking these sorts of bumps? That's the, the question that was raised. So when we came into the office, so to peel back the curtain somewhat, I turned to William and said, what do you want to talk about on today's show? Because it's one of those shows where, like, a lot happens. Loved the episode. Loved the episode. And lots of things happen. Lots of things set up stuff for Double or Nothing. But none of it was really, like, the headline that you can put onto a title, put onto a thumbnail um, to entice people to click. Because what people I didn't realize about YouTube is you want people to watch your videos and click Crazy. into them. Yeah, so... But also, it's like, what what is the most interesting thing? And there's this whole debate around it yeah. in in the office as in, well. That's what, and that's where it came from. It was then Andy and Pete voiced up and said, "Do you not think it's going a bit too far?" Hmm. Because like they, neither of them particularly liked watching the bump, and you did that WrestleTalk Extra podcast with Pete when you were reading the ECW uh, One Night Stand Two, which was a match that had you know sort of crazy insane spots on it it's the sort of thing that you and i when we were, we were like oh my god this is the most amazing that thing mess. ever love it love it love it and peace like actually makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable i think because you know they are younger than us therefore they have grown up in a world where we know more about concussions now when we were watching wrestling it was just like oh you know ken shamrock kept saying like oh if you hit me right square in the forehead that's the hardest bone in the in the human body so if you hit me as hard as you can there <laughs> i won't feel anything and so that's how he used mm. to take chair shots. And now we know probably shouldn't do that, Ken, although he will still argue today he's right. Because the brain. <laughs> because, of the, because of the brain, Ken. So yeah, it's like Andy and Pete were like, you know, raising the, these arguments stuff. And I, I never thought at any point, oh, this has gone too far. Mm. Like, oh, they're taking this to this degree. But actually we had these conversations from, we had these in Ultra Chats a few weeks back with Sammy Guevara yeah. in that ladder match against Scorpio Sky when he did his big flip-de-doo off the ladder and then barely got caught and just crumpled down to the floor. And it reminds me of, do you remember the conversation you had with Don Callis about Will Ospreay? Mm. And Will, about you know five, seven years ago, was doing these insane styles of bumps and taking as crazy risky bumps he could do on his head and neck and stuff to try and sort of amp up his matches and whatnot. And you, I think you interviewed Don Callis about it. And Don Callis was like, I mean, he's got to learn that he cannot do that forever. Once he hits 30, he's going to have to completely change the way that he wrestles. And I think that, that Will's smart enough to know that. Yeah. And, and he has done. And has probably become, some would argue, a better wrestler off the back of it. Mm. So... To your point, you mentioned the you know, so Andy, Pete in the office were saying this. Meltzer and Alvarez were saying this on Wrestling Observer Radio, were they? They, they were. They were saying like, look, there's um, you can do things that look dangerous, and actually they're very safe. The spots that they hit in this match were genuinely dangerous things mm. that will you know chip away at your career. 
and they went into the stories that Darby's told. It's like, hey, I'm not long in this business. I'm doing this intentionally with my eyes opened. You know, so like, how long is that? Like, is that four or five years? Maybe less. With Jeff, he's, it's a different story, isn't it? Because like you said, you get older, you change your style. Jeff has not. No. He is stuck to this Daredevil style. He tried to change it when he turned heel into your name. We all said, that's rubbish, Jeff. Come back to doing what what we did before. But it's also like, this is Darby versus Jeff. That comes with a certain expectation. So if they didn't have this sort of match, I would be disappointed. Massively let down. Because this is what you wanted them to see do. There was actually someone who left a, a chat quite before this mm. thing went live. Because a lot of people um, you know, were, thought that we were clutching at pearls um, when this episode came up. I just saw Andy there in the chat saying that he knew he'd get the blame for this title. I'm not blaming anyone for this title. Mm. I actually think it is the most... Imp- I think this is the most interesting discussion point to have around this. Which is why I like titles like this. Um, I forgot what the point I was going to make. Because I, was so, I was so focused on talking about Andy, um, as, as we all are. Um, what was the point? Of it? What were you saying? I said how Jeff hasn't changed his style. Yeah. And he's still doing the Daredevil stuff. I can't remember the point I was going to make. Oh, no. Yeah, someone said. Um, oh, yeah. Talking about chats that come in. Yeah, chat that came that said if they had done a catch as catch can wrestling match. We probably would have gone like, ah, that's not what I want. Mm. It's not it's not the, really the match I came to see. When you write down Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen on a piece of paper, this is the match you expect them to do. And I think they fully delivered on, on doing that. Yeah, so did they go too far? I, I guess the answer is for some people they did. For me, I, yeah, I, it's what I would expect. And they did the style of match that they had to do, really, to perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess as part of that, we all have to take responsibility. Like Mick Foley used to say in those ECW mid-90s promos, we're sick. Mm. We are enjoying someone taking off time of their career and likely getting pretty injured. And it's, you know, when we but all... But wrestling. Yeah, we all saw Foley walk into that Hell in a Cell match and we've seen him limp since. Mm. And, you know, it, matches like this do take off a lot of time but yeah, I mean, so it's to answer the question, do I think they went, I went, I think they went far enough uh, with this. I don't want to see them do this every single no. week. And that's the kind of the, the Mick Foley comparison there is that I think where Mick went wrong in with, you know, the style that he did during the Attitude Era was, and actually, you know, Jeff fell into this as well, is that I've done this match once people really reacted to it so now i have to do it every single week and not only that i've got to try and top what i've done the week previous and i think what i like about darby allen is that darby knows that he does need to top things and go that step beyond but he's not doing it every single week you know like the first thing every two months the first thing we saw him do was that coffin drop onto the the side of the ring you know that was one of the first big spots he did in aew and now here we are three years later when he's doing this Mm. thing if he'd have gone there to this step after week two, then that would have been a problem. But he sort of spreads it out. He spreads out his load so that it he tops himself each time. But it isn't like I never feel like I'm worried mm. for Derby's safety. Um, the end of the match saw Jeff won, as we'd said, uh, a beautiful finish, a wrestling move to finish a Daredevil fight, and that means quite shockingly, Jeff is advancing in the tournament. I thought for sure this was a a Derby Allen win, and it brought out the undisputed elite onto the ramp because now Jeff will face Adam Cole next week, baby. Yeah, I got to think Cole's advancing in there. 
Well, especially if uh, one Johnny Gargano is the Joker. Ah, well, I'll come on to that because I don't think it's Gargano. Ah. And, I've, and I've got my reasons as to why. Maybe completely wrong on that. Um, yeah, I I was surprised in a way to actually see this. I, I really did think that Derby would advance here mm. uh, rather than, than Jeff. Well, I get it's... Yeah, I think the better decision long term would have been Derby winning because that puts him over well, even more. Best thing was Dax winning. <laughs> we cannot say that. Yeah. But the... Uh, sort of short term oh wow that was unpredictable anything could happen in that tournament that works too ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's I mean, see sorry, what last you thing. guys think I know, on the I know, Omega I know you are chat. trying to move on. Let me quickly make my point. Because you and Sullivan even joked that with Bobby Fish and Jeff Hardy, well, neither of them advanced into the semifinals anyway, so it didn't really matter which one was winning. Exactly. Uh, Jack Nichols says, That main event ruled! The best I've seen either man look this year, although it was a real teeth dryer, spots that made me inhale sharply. I'm interested to hear what Ollie hated about it all. <laughs> After all, he despises AEW. I love this show. Dixon Cider. To think that Mr. Stink was there to make sure Darby did not do anything stupid. Mr. Stink? Does he mean Mr. Stink? He Well, he does, but it could have been an also correct thing. Mm. But it's also could be an AJ Styles reference because he once cut a promo in TNA where he said, Stink, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
And instead, Darby rubs off on him recently. Yeah, like, Darby's this bad influence on Mr. Stink. I would think that Darby is a terrible influence <laughs> to old people, hence the questionable heading for this video. Nate S. As soon as Jeff pulled out the ladder, I said there's zero reason for there to be a ladder that tall. This is nuts. <laughs> and then Darby jumped off it to the outside onto chairs. The match was just amazing, but my back hurts. Oh, yeah. Mitchell Johnson. Good morning, gents. I have to be honest. I love Jeff. I always have. However, at this point, watching him in matches like this makes me real nervous. When do you let do Jeff? When do you let go? When do you let go, Jeff? And when do you want him to chill out? Since, you know, he's not 22 anymore. Jam that jam. Considering that all of his addiction problems as well. It's interesting. Like, you look at Broken Matt in that first year of AEW. And I was like, no, Matt, don't. Do you remember that awful? The Sammy Guevara. Yeah, the oh, Sammy Guevara. What food. a disaster from start to end, that thing. And um, But I, I do feel a bit safer with Jeff, weirdly, because it's more of his thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I think it might help the... Can you think of a time when Jeff has done this and really got hurt? No. And I think that's why we never feel worried about it, because I've never seen him do this stuff and it's yeah. backfired. Uh, Mark Plink, member for nine months. Good day, Ollie and Luke. That main event was nuts. Matt looking at Jeff at the end like, are you okay? Absolutely sold it that for was me. Awesome. Jam that jam. Uh, Aaron Irons. I've never watched an episode of AEW and went to my first non-WWE live show yesterday. That main event made me a believer and I'll be tuning in next week. The Owen Hart tournament is excellent so far. Mm -hmm. That it is. OGP, yeah, you know me, says, was at the show last night. Had a blast. Brought my best friend from high school and my friend from college, and they loved it. I, I love how like people try and recruit people to AEW. Loved how Jeff pinned him right by the ladder, making it harder and more complicated for Darby to kick out from that specific pin. Great finish. William Banter. The contrast between the two tournament matches makes me appreciate Cole versus Dax more. This was a pro wrestling tournament, and they had a pro wrestling match. Hardy versus Allen would have been better for me outside of the Owen and on a pay-per-view with more time. I agree with that to an extent, uh, but I kind of like the variety mm. that the, the tournament provided. And also kind of gives Adam Cole some like, this isn't what this tournament's about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently Darby did an interview where he kind of said, yeah, this was kind of sprung on us. Oh, the Owen? Uh, I thought, well, the, him versus Jeff was happening. Oh, right. To, I'm not saying like on the day of, but... He thought it was going to be multiple months, build up to a pay-per-view. And I'm thinking, dude, it's been like two months already <laughs> building this. But yeah, like something a bit more substantial. Mm. But it was, you know, not to do it down, but it was on paper the first round of a tournament. Mm -hmm. So, and it was a dream match. But great main event. And that's a worry thing, because that means if you think you're going to build to another match... <laughs> You've got to try and do better, haven't you? Wrestling uh, Riggle, finally for now, says, The Hardy and Darby match was insane. That has to be the tallest ladder ever. When is Sting going to say to Darby, Pace yourself, son. I'm glad to see them both walked away. Great show. Uh, and lastly for now, Austin Rogers said, Hey guys, too far? No. Darby and Jeff are trained professionals and I trust them. However, the sad case Owen Hart showed things can go wrong. And I do think that risky ladder spot in front of Martha Hart was probably in bad taste. That was also brought up in the office as well. I think Adam brought that yeah, up. I I don't think it was bad taste. I, I, you know, like where I think there's, to me, there's a difference between a very tall ladder 
and what happened to Owen. Yeah. Right, so. If someone, I think you said, if someone had come down on a zip line, that's completely different. Yeah. And you know, and they've made a joke about it. That's a completely different thing. You know, it's kind of like Slambury 2000 when they threw Canyon off the top of the cage in the same building, hmm. like a year after Owen had passed. Like that probably was, and like the reports at the time was like people were very uncomfortable in that building. I don't think these two are <coughs> comparable, though. Mm. I I personally don't feel. But hey, you know, Martha Hart may feel differently. Well, she seemed to be happy. She seemed to be very much enjoying herself. Yeah. What a lovely story that is. Um, talk about a sponsor while I reveal these fantastic products to the camera. Oh, please do. Yes, because this episode is sponsored by our good friends at Geology. It is men's skincare reinvented. A simple skincare routine formulated for daily use, personalized for your skin and the benefits you want to see. Great for individuals with sensitive skin, acne, dark eye circles, or wrinkles. So all you've got to do, both Ali and I have done this. In fact, actually quite a few people in the office have done this now, is take... Uh, click the link in the video description down below and you take a 30 second quiz. Now, I'll ask you questions like, what do you want to get from your skincare routine? And then it will pick out for you one of their routines that they have. And then you just do it and you get great results off the back of it. Both Ollie and I use this every single day and I absolutely love it. And my skin feels so much better for it. And I've genuinely had people compliment me on how good my skin looks the, these days. So yeah, geology.com. Please do click the link in the video description down below. And if you do, you get 50% off your 30-day trial. Geology.com. Click the link in the video description down below. Right, so this full episode of Dynamite. People, Let's are, people start... are right, this does need more sponsor cam. <laughs> I thought about sponsor cam the other day. I mean, like, the buns, the buns is here for it. Ollie, well, Laurie disabled it yeah. because he said, I'm not letting you do it until you do it right. Yep. <laughs> Which fair. is fair because I kept doing it wrong. <laughs> Right, so this episode of Dynamite opened with Adam Cole versus Dax Harwood. Probably my match of the night because they had... I cannot believe I did not see this coming. It was so smart. Obviously, Dax is Bret Hart. That's how he wrestles his singles matches. He's a big fan of him. It's the Owen Hart Cup tournament. Martha Hart's in the crowd watching on. They literally released a new T-shirt yesterday called The Foundation. Mm. And Adam Cole... I didn't realise it until midway through the match when he started tuning up the band for the superkick. He is the modern day Shawn Michaels. Everyone says it. And then they lent into that dynamic. He's come from NXT, which is now Shawn's house. Exactly. I didn't even think of that. Dax was a fantastic babyface selling the ribs. Um, and there was this amazing spot where he, near countout spot, collapsed right by the apron on like eight and a half. And I thought... That's it. That's how they're doing the match end. But now he got back in. Incredible sharpshooter spot. But ultimately, I said Sean. Ultimately, Adam Cole got the sharpshooter on Dax and made him tap out. I was crushed. I So my wife came in halfway through this match and I said, I really, really hope Dax wins this. She said, which one's he? And I said, he's the bald lad. And she goes, because the other guy's the boom, right? And I said, that's correct. It's all about the bald yeah. and the boom. And I was like, I really, really want Dax to win this because I'm so invested in him as a character and I want to see him go so far in this tournament. And I was heartbroken when he tapped out. And because like, because he's Dax and he's so great, 
the moment when he realized he had nowhere else to go in that sharpshooter, Adam Cole had properly sat into it, and he is pleading with the referee to do like to help him. He's like, I don't know what else to do here. Grabs the referees by the hand, and he just has to tap out. And it was it, he, the fact that Dax had to tap to the sharpshooter from one of Sean and Hunter's boys. Oh, it broke my heart. It crushed my soul. And I was so, so sad about it. I wrote in my review, if my heart's going to get broken, I'm glad it was done with so much style. By the heartbreak kid. Because th this, this was, sometimes like a result goes against your favorite in a way where you're like, oh, screw this. <laughs> yeah. And then other times it's just like, ah, oh, well, that wasn't whatever. But this was like, I really liked Dax getting beaten in this way. It was just poetically perfect. Yeah, I wrote the exact same word there, poetic. I'm sorry, he's like, oh my, that's poetic, but it's made me so sad. Uh, I, I loved this match. I loved the, the Brett versus Sean stuff that they were doing in this. Um, particularly like when you think that Owen, when Brett left, Owen had the chance to be like, a real top guy and the crowd were really behind the black heart for that december run and the people that shut it down were sean and hunter mm. because they didn't want him to get and like the, all they did were just storylines where they just kept beating him and beating him and beating him killed all of his momentum and he turned heel and he joined the nation of domination and then joined a comedy tag team with jeff jarrett and it completely killed all of owen's momentum he could have been another top tier guy in WWF but Sean didn't want it that way and so when you're watching this match and you've got the heart guy you're like this is it this is the time for the retribution and the Sean Michaels guy beats him with Brett's Ike and Owen's move it was so yeah. magical and, and I loved it yeah perfect but I hated it at the same time yes <laughs> what a mix yeah uh, Darby and Jeff got a video promo. Then we had CM Punk versus John Silver. Uh, CM Punk comes out, music hits, Pavlovian response. Even though it's Long Island, MJF country, way it's CM Punk. And then he comes out in a Long Island ice hockey jersey. Way he's wearing a sports team colours. This is great. He's trying to make up. And I, I didn't know this. And to be fair, commentary didn't point it out. I've only found this out since. Punk turns around shows the name on his jersey and apparently it's famously a guy who left that team so it was all heel heat and at that exact same moment they cut the music He's, so, he was doing that like to cut the music because he wanted to hear this reaction mm. and he just walked down to the ring no music playing to the and like yeah he is now just a heel in long island i love it one feud with mjf is all it <laughs> takes they are so MJF has turned Long Island heel. <laughs> he has! Yes, that's exactly what he's done. And I love it. Because they do feel like, because everyone's there with their MJF scarf and everything, you're like, God, you're all douchebags, you lot. The front row is just like these old guys in the in the Burberry scarves. <laughs> Even the kids are like, he's our favourite. Oh, it's I love like, MJF. Oh, what's Dr. Doom's uh, Latveria? <laughs> it's like when you go to Latveria with the Fantastic Four and everyone's like, Dr. Doom's the best. And Reed Richards is like, no, he's the best. Bad guy. He's the worst. <laughs> Shut up, Reed. Um, this was a, a match against John Silver, uh, which made sense because John Silver's a local boy. Hangman Page was on commentary. 
the dark, what, the dark order hangman stuff it feels like it's been dropped yeah it would it would have been nicer to have something running into that do you remember they were doing that storyline where like hangman essentially was saying like not i'm done with you but like you remember he did that six man tag where he teamed yeah. with jurassic express and yeah. like you know john silver thought it was going to be him and, like, they were doing something with him and reynolds and they just never really paid off on it unless it's just it's a seed that's been planted they're looking to pay off down the line but i really do feel like the interaction between hangman and the dark order have been a lot less since he won the belt I and mean, i really that danielson feud which is a shame i think as 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 pages lacked a certain consistency as champion i would say he hasn't had that really big opponent or storyline helping him out um and dark order could have been that but they haven't done it that said great match punk worked heel hit the buckshot la not very good buckshot lariat <laughs> to win and Paige comes down and Punk just cuts this killer promo. I'll just go through some of the lines because a lot of it references stuff he said in the MJF feud. It's like watching Punk as a character has the same attention to detail as like an HBO five season story. Um, he said, every day I used to wake up and ask myself, am I a good guy? Today I ask myself, am I a champ? And the answer is yes. And then he said, you will shake my hand no matter if you're conscious or unconscious. And then he's like, in the most douchebag way possible. Shake my hand. Yeah, drops out the handshake. And Hangman Page in the most awesome, badass way possible just gives him the middle finger. Yeah. This was awesome. A few people have pointed out in the chat, they have done stuff on BTE. Sure. But that highlights a <clears throat> bigger problem that they seem to think we all watch it. And that means that we're all on top of all the storylines. Which and we're not, and it creates inconsistencies on TV. Just have a video recap package. That's exactly what it's there for. I mean, you've got a lot to fill in this two hours, I guess. But I, I love Punk's promo. I love Hangman's response. I love the Hangman didn't even say a word in all of this. He just looked really fired up. He is my champion. I want him to win at double or nothing, and I think he is. Um, just oh, the handshake. Such a loaded gesture considering MJF and everything. Yeah. Mm. It's wonderful stuff. Uh, th this feud, you know, it had an awkward start because Hangman got COVID and he wasn't there. But Paige's promo last week was really interesting oh, yeah. because Hangman was like, well, I'm going to be a heel. And now now Punk's like, well, I'm going to be a heel. And now it's, the, the, you know, we, we were all thinking, ah, it's going to be a babyface, babyface feud. That's typically quite a tricky thing to pull off. And they've got around that. I've just both been tweeners. <laughs> and it's per what, what a great yeah, yeah. idea. Fantastic. I love it. I cannot wait for the match. Uh, also, the Impractical Jokers were at ringside. Yay, Q. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayder and Rebber are with Tony Schiavone backstage, and they just talked about... So weird not seeing Jamie Hayter and Ruby Soho there as well. It wasn't in the same area either. <laughs> and they just talked about how Hayder's going to beat Storm later tonight um, and Tony Schiavone's like, but that means you'd have to face Britt Baker in the semis and Britt's like, well, the best woman will win. And Britt's also like, there's a conspiracy because she's facing the Joker. You said, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to win anyway. And I love Tony Schiavone just for being like, I mean, yeah, you probably will because <laughs> you're the best. Danhausen took on Tony Nice. He's probably still injured, I reckon, because this when all of two seconds, Tony Nice destroyed him with a knee. Mark Sterling, who is my MVP for this episode. I thought I, Mark Sterling is always great 
and here he just played his part perfectly. It's kind of promo. Uh, Tony Nese continues beating down Danhausen, but who should come out? I thought you were still wearing your hook T-shirt. No, nope. I've got to wear the wrestle merch. Yes, wrestle merch. <laughs> Wrestleshop.com. But I was wearing today my hook T-shirt because I had to represent my boy because uh, Hook came down and he made the save and then they shook hands. Hook and Danhausen did. Hookhausen shook hands to a massive pop. They announced... You, okay, it's yeah. Duck. You're doing this because earlier you called it Hookenhausen. <laughs> I was like, Ollie, it's just Hookhausen. Duck. And they announced later on in the show, on the buy-in, it is Hookhausen versus Nice and Sterling at Double or Nothing. Ollie, look, I mean, I'm just going to say, this was the segment of the entire show. Like, this was the <laughs> best thing on the show. It was match of the night. I have to sing the praises of this because I'm the only one in the WrestleTalk office that likes Danhausen. So I have to be this guy. And I loved every single thing about this. I loved Danhausen's entrance. Loved the reaction that Danhausen got. Loved that Tony Nese didn't get an entrance. What a wonderful little misdirect that was. The match went no time at all. It was a squash match for Tony Nese. The crowd didn't see it coming. What an amazing swerve. Sterling's promo was so, so great. Pointing out. You didn't even get an entrance, Tony Nice. Why didn't you get an entrance, yeah. Tony Nice? Because they're all about your stupid internet meme favorites, and we're going to kill all of them. And that brings out Hook. And Hook comes down to go, the best thing that in the world. And Hook Housen, and this is the best thing on the show. And I absolutely loved it. Genuinely, if we didn't call the title about the main event, we were going to name this episode Send Hook. <laughs> going to call it Send Hook Housen. Uh, look, I've been quite upfront. I just haven't quite got Danhausen, and, and that's that's absolutely fine and i i do want to say when people i say that no one likes Danhausen, it's you p adam have all said the same thing i'm not sure you get Danhausen. i think that's it's what, not i don't like him yeah and i think that's one of the really interesting things about Danhausen. i think warhorse is a, a <clears> similar <throat> thing when we had him on you know for that one week run in, in you know during the pandemic era is that it's a bit marmite really yeah you either I'm like me and you've completely bought into it and you love everything about it. Or you're like, I don't know what I think of this yet. And neither side is wrong on that at all. I don't think anyone can look at Danhausen and go, well, that is an objectively like all round likable character. It's a, it's a very sort of not divisive, but specific kind of character. Yeah, it's Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Um, that said, when Hook shook his hand, and Danhausen got really excited. Is this the moment? There was, there was <gasps> the start of something. Is this the moment? Look, am I into Danhausen? Am I into Hook? Am I into a combination of them both? I love this segment. I cannot wait for the match. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's on the on the pre-show. I doubt Danhausen and Sterling are going to do very much because Danhausen presumably still injured from his broken leg. I, I assume that, but then he was... I mean, he took bumps. Just laying on the floor getting beaten up. But yes, really into the idea of this odd couple oh, tag team. This is... You know when... Um... Brian Danielson looked like he was going to feud with John Moxley. Mm. And we were like, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever. And then Brian Danielson was like, oh, we should be a tag team. Yeah, and yeah. we were like, oh, hang on, that's actually a better idea. <laughs> but the same thing has happened here, because I thought Danhausen versus Hook was my, like, that should be on the buy-in. This is a better option. Well, the real best segment <laughs> of the show... Oh, you hush your mouth. ...came next with the MJF contract signing. 
Uh, of course, it's Long Island. Wardlow comes down to the ring, booed, because he is a pig. He's a, <laughs> a fucking pig, Wardlow. And he's lined by security. Mark Sterling in the ring again. Yeah. Of course he is, because he's MJF's legal counsel. Love that touch. Uh, Sean Spears is there too. Wardlow sits down. And then, before MJF <laughs> comes out, we get, just like we did on the first Long Island show, and there was that full, like, build-up hype package for MJF, there was a fake trailer for the eventual dark side of the ring episode that exposes Wardlow being a little pick. It it was about the Wardlow turn <laughs> and about how he stabbed MJF in the back. And you've got Taz and Jake Roberts. Barry Horowitz is... Legendary Jewish wrestler. <laughs> they had Jericho doing the voiceover like he did. And it shot... It's almost like they got the dark side of the ring guys to shoot this because it was shot and edited exactly like a dark side of the ring episode. It was incredible how accurate it was. Because they had a bit of footage, but then for stuff that when Jericho's talking about Wardlow passing over the ring and walking away, they had the out of focus reenactment shot. Played by other... (laughs) That is... That is... Second to none level parody. I was in fits of laughter during this. It was so, so good. And do you know how good it was? My wife knew what they were referencing. Because she's seen me watch mm. Dark Side of the Ring. She's not watching the episode with me, but she's been in the room with one. And she was like, that is an excellent parody of it. Yeah. Because, like, true parodies, when they're played pretty straight, and you could actually be like, well, that, that does look exactly like it. Um, and then it got even better because MJF comes out, total babyface, kids cheering him, adults cheering him. He's slapping hands. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> and the commentators are like saying, this is awful. <laughs> we hate this. MJF is a terrible person. Why are Long Island like this? It's so because it's Tony Schiavone as well, who hates MJF more than anyone. He's like, God, I hate seeing this. Uh, and then MJF gets in. And he's like, Long Island is more magical than the Holy Land of Israel. Uh, but but whatever you do, wink, wink, wink. Don't boo Wardlow. Yeah. It'll be a real shame if Wardlow can't talk. I would hate to hear the loudest boo this city has ever heard if Wardlow tried to talk. I'm going to give him the opportunity to do so. <laughs> So he hands the mic to Wardlow, of course, boo. <laughs> and then I think they were going to do that a few more times because what uh, MJF was like, shall I get him to, shall we try this again? But the crowd went, no. <laughs> and he went, fair enough. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, he said, Wardlow has got everything coming to him because of what he did to MJF's best friend, Cody Rhodes. They, he name dropped Cody Rhodes. And this is how awesome this segment was like they're doing the same cody road story that they did when during the mjf feud so it's the lashes it's the cage match and that will lead to the eventual match uh, at double or nothing but it's because cody turned his back on aew and mjf's there like (sighs) my friend my mentor cody Rhodes, the american what do you call him the american roller coaster roller coaster roller coaster (laughs) And then he was like, who I will see in 2024. And like, you know, reference to the fact that he keeps talking about like, oh, I'm not going to re-sign with AEW and I'm going to go to WWE as part of his character. And the crowd are there being like, yes, MJ, if you're the best. And we are like, no, MJ, if you're the worst. Well, I thought the crowd booed him a bit when he said that. And he he said, 
guys, don't you want me to talk about 2024? Neither does the guy in the back. Oh. And that's when the crowd are like, yeah, screw the guy in the back. MJF, MJF. When he said that, I was like, this is punk from 2011. You know, it felt like I fully believe every single word was cleared backstage. But my God, it felt real. Oh, didn't it just? Yeah. yeah. And like, I love the name dropping of Cody Rhodes in that. And also like everything that MJF does just makes complete sense with his character. Mm. Like everything in there, even booking Wardlow against Sean Spears in a cage match. Like as an audience, if you're like just watching, be like, well, Spears stands no chance in that match. In MJF's mind, he's like, Peggy, you're zero and two in cage matches. So if you're MJF, you're like, he's really bad at these. Yeah. So it makes complete sense for me to book him in one and Sean Spears will get the win. MJF's going to be the special guest referee for it. Exactly, yeah. Stacking that deck even mm. more. Oh, I, ca- I cannot get get over how good this was. So the, the steel cage bit he announced, and then he also said about the whipping. Uh, how many times should we whip him? <laughs> and he goes, should I do it one, two? Three? And the crowd are going along. And then he got to, and I didn't see it coming. He went nine, and then he went... And he looks over at Sean Spears. I was watching this being like, I mean, I think they might do a 10 thing here, but surely not, though. And Sean Spears takes his jacket off. <laughs> oh, 10. Probably the loudest pop on the show. It was so great. Such a good touch. Um, and yeah, so Wardlow now has to overcome all these hurdles. If he does gets the title he gets a match against mjf but if he loses that he will never be able to sign a contract in AEW. and AEW have been so faithful to stuff like this that i can't see a way around that surely he has to win mm-hmm. but i wouldn't be surprised if mjf won yeah i wouldn't be surprised either but i i think we are heading for a wardlow victory here mm-hmm. at double or nothing two pay-per-view losses on the on the bump yeah, but MJF's one of those guys. It's like, losses doesn't affect... Like, losses just don't affect him in the same way that it with other people. So, MJF, it wasn't even done at this point. MJF <laughs> is cocky. He's in his hometown. He's just done all this stuff. And he gives Wardlow the pen to sign the contract. Wardlow, oh, I can't sign it with these handcuffs on. And MJF's like, Go, boys, boys, undo the handcuffs. The crowd would be like, no, MJF, don't do that. Even Sean's like... You sure about this? You sure about this, boss? <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry. And of course, Wardlow signs. He doesn't let anyone put the cuffs on. Takes out everyone. MJF tries to escape, but he gets caught as he's getting out. Set up for the powerbomb, but then he escapes because Mark Sterling. And he took a hell of a powerbomb through yeah, that table. Christmas jumped Day. Jumped on Wardlow's bump, but then got powerbomb through a table. Incredible segment. One of my favorite segments of all time. Yeah, I on AEW. I thought this was amazing. Uh, a few people in the chat have said he could sign an ROH contract. Huh. It's a way around it. Sure. Yeah. That's worked out well for you know Brian Cage, I guess. <laughs> uh, after that, we got Samoa Joe talking up his Joker match next week. Um, Lethal, Dutt, and Satnam Singh are all also still there being like, ah. So, yeah, the point of this segment was that Joe is facing the Joker next week, and Sanjay Dutt said, the Joker is not Jay Lethal. You're probably going to think, it's Satnam Singh. It's not Satnam Singh either. He never said, it's not me. Mm. It's not me, Sanjay Dutt. And he then um, said something in Punjab about, like, the bigger the belly, the smaller the brain. Uh, So... The Joker, for me, has got to be connected to their heel group. 
Yeah, you'd expect so, wouldn't you? So either it is Sanjay Dutt, which I don't think it will be, but I, this is why I don't think it's Johnny Gargano, mm. because they have set up here that Sanjay knows who it is. And I know he's a producer in AEW, but he feels like he is <coughs> he's part yeah, of this Yeah, why would crew. he know Clay Blythe? That's exactly it. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like it has to be a new member of this faction if it's not Dutt. Hmm. Which, which means I don't think it can be Gargano. Maybe it's Gresham. Gresham. Oh, no, they turned on him. They, exactly. So it can't be Gresham. I mean, Claudio seemed like a, a, an obvious choice. Does it? Well, he's got the ROH connections. Well, I guess so. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Well, we'll see. I I think it's Gargano. And this this is all just a bit of a... A bit of misdirect. Not even a misdirect. Just I was, well, was going to say, if it's if it's just Johnny Gargano next to me in this stuff, I'm like, what was that all about? Yeah, <laughs> not all promos make... We like to think that everything in AEW is very meticulously planned out. But maybe not this one. Uh, Jungle Boy took on Ricky Starks next for the FTW title. Really good match. It worked um, hard because yeah. they were putting the death spot here. Yeah, the crowd are a bit exhausted after all the first hour fun. Uh, it was a game of one-upmanship. Ultimately, uh, Starks went out to get the title to use as a weapon. Strickland came down to stop him. But in doing that, the referee was distracted and missed Jungle Boy's visual pin. Starks used that distraction to win himself. And sort of Keith Lee came down. Team Taz are there. Jurassic Express come down. And... Presumably, that's the three-way tag team title match we're getting at the pay-per-view. But best of all, Christian was like, you stupid kid, Jungle Boy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that was quite the lucky game, but yeah, I think we are 100% heading for that triple threat. I agree with the point you made with Sullivan a few weeks back, which is that that's two pay-per-views on the bounce where Jurassic Express are the third wheel in, mm. in someone else's feud, and they're the champions. I think this is the time to take the belts off of them and put them onto Lee and Swerve. Um, or Team Taz certainly build the Christian that, well story. that's it yeah I wonder if they're going to do the turn at the pay-per-view because yeah Christian hugged Jungle Boy like really brought, like Jungle Boy was really selling this another loss they were putting this over on commentary that's that's another loss for, mm. for Jungle Boy in singles action and that's he's, he has lost a lot recently and Christian sort of brings him in from an embrace but then he does the <clears> eyes and he's like, Did he? well, so the hard cam's looking at him and he's got the eyes. He didn't look, it wasn't like Bully Ray looking down the barrel <laughs> of the lens being like, I'm going to turn heel soon. But it was the eyes of like, maybe I should turn heel on this little dick. Yeah. Well, I I'm all for it. I think the more it goes on, the more I'm into it, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think Christian's like really excelling in this. You little dastardly prick. <laughs> yeah, stop losing. You're um, making me look bad. It's not just that. The champions as called sort of the third wheel. For me, the top five tag teams are not involved in any of this. Which I think is a good way to elevate the tag titles. Huh? Well, I think. Well, I say to sorry, elevate some other teams up. Yeah. yeah. I, I shouldn't have said elevate the tag titles because I think you might say it devalues the tag titles. But I think it's a good way to elevate some other tag teams. I don't know, man. I'm just like after the last month and FTR. I know they've had a bit of. They've had some great singles matches. But after the last month, how has FTR not got a main direction? Hopefully, mm -hmm. maybe that will happen next week. After that, we got the JAS victory speech, as Excalibur said. Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, you know, Angelo's thing was great to start with. But then, <laughs> and I'm going like, do you know what makes my nipples hard? <laughs> 
being part of this group. And that made me laugh anyway. And then Jericho got to the mic and said, don't you boo me, I'll throw a fireball in your face. I'm a wizard now. And that's why he trademarked the wizard. When people said like, because he announced himself as the wizard on Rampage, I was like, that's a stupid name. It's another stupid name for him. No, it's because he thinks he can throw fireballs now. Just perfect. I mean, it's that it's so sports entertainment. It is. Anyway, that that sort of heel goofery continued because he said, Kingston, you know, you're at home. You should stay at home. You should take care of your wife. And if you can't, tell her to call me. And that summons John Moxley. And I, you know, I don't know about you. I didn't see this coming. It's a ring run out here. Oh, snap. Moxley's just come out. And then like a, of course, I've been so blinded by Hernandez and homicides that I didn't even think of Moxley's connection with Kingston and the Blackpool Combat Club. Someone um, brought this up a few weeks ago, I think, on the Omega chats, where it was saying, hey, Wheeler Utah's going to be out, best of the Super Juniors for a couple of months. He could join and make it a five-man team. Um, sorry, Danielson and Moxley, that is. And yeah, so Moxley comes out. Of course, there's that Kingston connection, but Jericho's still like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like, like oblivious to the fact that Moxley has a whole faction. There's just one of you there. You stand no chance. There's five of us. And then, of course, Blackpool Combat Club come out and... Even then, he's like, you guys, we still have the numbers advantage here. There's four of you. And the camera cuts back to the hard cam. And there's LAX with Eddie Kingston with, you know, actually a pretty good makeup job, I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, considering how goofy that sort of stuff sometimes gets. They're there as well. The whole numbers game stuff, which they've been playing up for weeks, perfect comeuppance. Uh, the baby faces, as much as you can call Eddie Kingston, who com- who confessed to murder a few weeks yeah, ago, a sure baby did. face. They took out the heels, and Jericho walked straight into a punch from William Regal. It's WrestleMania X7 all over again. <laughs> and they announced next week they're having a face-to-face confrontation, which I'm very, very excited by. I did not see this coming. Well, well I think we all saw it coming, but not now. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oh, but yeah. from the very start, like, like sports entertainment, yeah. pro wrestling. Sorry, yes. Blackpool coming. Combat Club versus the JAS. <laughs> yeah, absolutely down the line. What I mean by I did not see it coming was them aligning with Kingston and Chums. Yeah. To, to be part of this match and that's the 10 man tag I guess I just blinded myself with my own fantasy booking but I did not see it coming whatsoever and I, and I loved it for that because you wanted Hernandez and Homicide, Homicide. I, wanted, I wanted both versions of LAX with Eddie Kingston because I just thought that was just thematically so mm. wonderful and it makes a lot of sense both options great I, I mean, this is a much better option yeah, because yeah. this one doesn't involve Hernandez. So this is a, a much <laughs> a much smoother way of doing things. And I the crowd reaction to it was so great. When like Danielson and everyone came out and then Eddie Kingston and Chums got onto the apron and the crowd started chanting, you effed up at Jericho and his friends. And Jericho's face was like, oh, I think we might have done actually. Oh, yeah. Jericho's selling was great. Uh, so where do you think this is going? Do you think this is a ten man at the pay per view? Ten man at the pay per view. I know, like Stephen Larson, we're talking about um, doing a blood and guts match. I think you even said in the yeah. office that it could be blood and guts. I, I mean, Stadium Stampede is a double or nothing staple for the last two years. I know it's not in a stadium, mm, but I'm not as into that. But that's what I was going to say. Like the only way I could see it making sense, because it's not. Like this, it's just 
pro wrestlers versus sports mm. entertainers. The Stadium Stampede is quite a sports entertainment type match. So what if Jericho is going to suggest that to be? Like, this is our home turf. They've been in both of the other... Well, he's been in both of the other yeah, ones. Yeah. Him and so, Hager. Him and Hager. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, this is home ground for him. It is a sports entertainment thing. So we can take it to the pro wrestlers and show them what we're all about. And then maybe you can build it down to blood and guts down the line as the pro wrestling match mm. instead. I mean, you said that it makes sense for Regal to announce next week. It's war, war games. games. I mean, blood and, blood and guts next week. But yeah, so Stadium Stampede was my first thought. But it is a bit goofy to put Brian Danielson and John Moxley into that. I think whatever happens, it'll probably be a TV special and not on the pay per view. I think the pay per view is so deep right now. Well, what do you? When you say it's you like think twelve it's two, matches? What twelve? Is it? I, they, they, it, it feels like it. They only announced three on this show. That's the yeah, but you can kind of see where stuff's going. Well, okay. So you got the tag titles: MJF versus Wardlow, Page versus Hangman, uh, Rose versus Deeb. Yeah. Um, oh, both the Owen finals. Both the OM finals, Bucks versus Hardys. You think that's on the pay per view? Well, some version of maybe the TNT title match. I could see it being an eight man tag of Bucks and Red Dragon yep. versus Hardys, that's, that's Sting and Darby. Yep. Um, whatever this match is, you know, the. So that's nine, 10 including the pre show. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right for an AEW pay per view. They usually are seven hours long, so <sighs> strap yourselves in. Get. Get Nick Khan in there. <laughs> and trim that down for me. Be more like WWE. Uh, well, in the in in show length, I'm really for it. They only do four shows a year. I don't care. <laughs> it's too long for a show for me. Um. Anyway, really exciting direction. Cool stuff. Uh, video package on Deeb and Rosa, and the final match that we'll talk about because we've covered the main event was Tony Storm versus Jamie Hater. It's the first match of the Owen Hart tournament ladies night uh really good match i thought these two like it felt hard hitting mm. they have really good chemistry together this is the match that people were really excited for when uh -huh. tony came in i felt like it it was a few minutes shy of being a really really good match i agree um didn't feel like the crowd were massively no. into it either but i think at that point they had word you know is it there's kind of the same with jungle boy and starks they had been burned out by the segment that had come before. Because that mm. segment that had come beforehand had Jericho, Danielson, Moxley, Kingston, LAX. It had like huge names in it and stuff. And this big brawl and William Regal was there punching Jericho. So again, like you're always going to struggle to like follow up on that. And it, they, it did feel like they were put into a bit of a death spot here and the crowd reacted accordingly. And as you said earlier, a lot of it did feel like it took place in commercial break. Mm. But they did have a good match. It's just I don't think it's the match that people wanted them to have when Tony first came in, which is just like they wanted them to have that stardom match. And they didn't quite get the time to do that here. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you can't say it wasn't built because they've actually been building it for a month. Mm -hmm. I guess... On, on almost every show as well. I would want it to be better built. Yeah, and oh, that, made well, yeah. A, that could have made it better. Mm -hmm. um, well, overall, I gave this... Yeah, I want to talk about Sammy and Ty talking to um, Frankie Kazarian? No? Do you want to? Nope, but that's another match that might be that double nothing to mix tag. I know what happens on Rampage. Do you? Look at you looking at the Rampage spoilers. That's... Wait, no spoilers. But do you want me to do the sigh again? 
just in case because it didn't feel like you got because no but no spoilers but <laughs> oh, okay all right what did you give the show this show 93 percent. wow third best show of the year that's a big one just all killer you know even, killer. even the women's match which you know was underserved ultimately was still much better than their usual treatment of the women's division every other feud had something going on some really excellent steps forward great matches I can't get much better than this episode. It's a five out of five show. Chat absolutely agrees. Look at that. 54% thought this was a five out of five show. 30% thought it was a four out of five show. And then 10% thinking it was three out of five. Mid. Before we get on with our remaining Omega Chats, let's say a very special thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon, $25 a month or more. You get a shout out on this very show. Good. And the date is the, the 12th. 12th. So thank you, Angelic Angelo Mercado. You'll never get this name right, you idiot. Matthew Zimjewski. Meticulous Michaela Traub. Willie Big E. Singleton. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by SWAF Nation International as the 24-7 champion, ah, legend. How do you like them apples, Marcel Jura? Stir me spoken and clearly, Jeremy Smith. Daniel Potus, the... Up, sorry, up above and Keith below. This might be my new favorite one. Tony Jabroni. <laughs> this is one of my favourites. Peter Fiber Brontus. And the Shrockmaster. Austin Shrock. Get your own WrestleTalk personal shout out on the podcast here by heading on over to WrestleTalk.com forward slash patron where Mr. Davis and I, no, sorry, I shouldn't call you that anymore. Ollie <laughs> Davis and I will be reviewing Judgment Day 2002 in the next few weeks. Looking forward to that. We've got a lot of chats to get through, so let's get at them. Dax Baker says, AEW told the Derby has to stop story with Mox, and it's still one of the best world title matches of the pandemic era. The Derby has to stop story with Mox. Uh, <clears throat> what does that mean? There, there, there must have been a storyline that we're forgetting here between Derby and Mox. Or does it mean like, well, they, they teamed together first... And then didn't Mox have to bulldog choke him out to win? I can't remember. Filling in blanks there. Yeah, I, we, we are clearly just misremembering it. Uh, Jack Nichols. Oh my God, that dark side of the ring MJF promo was God tier. Bust my whole laughing. <laughs> Barry Horowitz being there, pop me too. Whoever said history is written by the winners, eh? Uh, Dixon Cider. My two gripes with, about this show are that Wardlow is going through Cody's stipulations again. Also, with a stipulation that comes with losing, I think we all know who is winning this. And finally, 10 fine young gentlemen going to have a 10-man maths debate. Oh, because uh, JAS, it's about the numbers game. Right. There we go. Um, yeah, no, I've, for me, the Cody thing, it makes sense for mm. MJF's character and actually just adds more heel heat to him because he is referencing the Cody feud and Cody is now no longer there. 
Yeah. And, and MJF, yeah, sort of rewriting that history that it was all Wardlow's fault. So you've got to go through the same stuff that you put Cody through. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a great story. Plus, I don't actually know who's going to win, despite those really heavy steps. Stephen Mikulich. I love Max like he's my brother. That's family out there representing the most magical place on Earth, Long Island, New York. I've been to I've been to all three Long Island shows. Arthur Ashe is on Long Island. Oh, didn't know that. No, it's not. It's New York. This is like the whole WrestleMania is taking place in New York. It's not New Jersey. And that man has made them all perfection. Punk can suck it. <laughs> Nate S. I was really hoping one of the stipulations was that Wardlow would have to have his match with MJF or even Spears in the cage while handcuffed just so we could have the spot where he breaks the cuffs and watch MJF's OS word reaction. Can always happen at the pay-per-view. Yeah, I, that, that, that's what me and Sully were talking about last week. Uh, Eric, went to the show last night. MJF makes me so proud to be from the most <laughs> magical place on the world, Long Island, New York. MJF is a god among men. And Wardlow is a goddamn pig! Dartrain train right. 24. As a Long Islander, we are super close to Manhattan. And to afford to live there, you have to be a bit heelish when you earn that kind of money. Most of us are very much MJF. <laughs> Thanks for the fun content. Y'all are the second best wrestling team next to Hookenhausen. <laughs> He Hook said Hookenhausen. Stop calling them Hooken. He didn't. He's called them Hookhausen. Uh, Nicholas Linderos says, as of today, I'm officially joining the PG Punk <laughs> hate train led by Hangman Eddie, MJF, and Kenta and declaring war against him as a stupid face. Also, WTF was that pitiful attempt at a buckshot. Just wait till double or nothing when the champ can show him how it's done. I genuinely believe that buckshot lariat was not done very well on purpose. Oh, Page is 100% kicking out of that, the pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, Thomas says, CM Punk, you cheeky little hockey-loving bastard. For those who don't know, John Tavares used to play for the New York Islanders, but left to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now every time Tavares plays on Long Island, he gets booed out of the building. Mm. Very nice. A lot of people have told me this. <laughs> oh, you didn't say in your review that you didn't, you didn't know what the reference I was. I did, yeah. I, I think you just got to... Just pretend that you do mm. at this point. Uh, Rick Horseman said, look at those thighs. What do you see? It's CM Trunks on live TV. <laughs> CM Trunks. Um, I won't do it in the voice. Couple things. Punk wasn't endearing himself. That jersey was for Travis. He left for Toronto. They hate that guy. Why is to book Punk against John Silver? Always heal with the Long Island boys. Master. But if WWE did it... <laughs> Master Popo 12. Hey, gents. Might not be the only one to mention it, but a slight bit of context for Punk's entrance. The sure he was for John Travis, who was drafted before he controversially left for the Toronto after nine years. Big heel move. Thank you. Nate S. Punk has to uh, be full heel to beat Hangman. I think Hangman wins, and that turned Punk heel. Mm. It would be badass to see Hangman shake Punk's hand while Punk is the unconscious one after the match. That's wicked, Nate. I don't know how any of that works, but so many ways it could go. But I love that so much, Nate. That is really good. That That's is. a great finish. I, I did write my notes as well. It is fun to watch punk wrestle heel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, on the Owen Hart tournament, Samad yeah. Ali uh, said, hey. great episode of Dynamite from Long Island where the crowd cheers who they normally boo and yeah. boo who they would normally cheer. Wherever I was annoyed, Dax didn't win. He had a great momentum going into the tournament. And I'm not sure Cole winning does much. Well, it adds a lot of heel heat onto Adam Cole. Mm. Uh, Will Campbell. Also, I think Cole's story of the elite going all the way 
it needed one of them to go all the way to the finals. And if it's not, it's not going to be Kyle O'Reilly, so it has to be Carl. Uh, Will says, hi, guys. I was at the show last night and had an excellent time. That, um, that having been said, I feel like the wrong person won the opener. Unless the Joker turns out to be Cash, Dax was the one contender who had the babyface drive and support to go all the way. Uh, look, I, I would have loved Dax to, to win too, but I think the way they booked it was perfect. Yeah, and because Cash was eliminated in the qualifier, I don't want him to be no. the Joker. Yeah, good point. Um, Rio Adante said, I truly believe this is one of the best shows AEW has put on. And 4.9 out of 5 for me, only because I do want to see more women on the show. Thunder Rosa should be showing up and having non-title matches. I know she has her own things, but you guys are right. Mm. They had a video promo for Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb when neither of them got to say anything. Well, you get Dustin Rhodes got to talk. I just don't think it's the most effective way to build that match. After their promo segment last week. <laughs> kind of... <laughs> All right, Tony. Um, Omar says, Hookhausen has arrived. Hookhausen <laughs> has arrived. I'm a very happy boy. I also love how Hook shaked his hand in a very, you're my friend now, but I'm bad with people, so I'm just going to go <laughs> kind of way. Also, Moxley said, violent wrestler assemble, and it was fantastic. Did he <laughs> Did he? Did he really? No, I don't oh, think he did. I oh, just think it's like a... I was going to say, that's a very goofy thing for John Moxley to say. Violent wrestlers assemble. I would wager John Moxley has no idea what the MCU is. <laughs> no, no, it's for nerds. Jack Nichols, all this talk about Forbidden Door has got me thinking of the ultimate dream match. Khan versus Khan. For all the coin. <laughs> uh, Nick versus Tony in a maximum carnage match. Carnage. Run-ins from all sides, but Tony will win after Nick fires his help, screaming, I just can't afford you. Ta-ta. Very good. Gerard Hazelwood, we all love talking about dream matches while see at Forbidden Door, but who are some big names you think will be left off the card? <laughs> oh, 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 I don't know, Kota Ibushi maybe. Mm. And I don't mean the likes of Angelico or Ishimori, no offence to them, but like Keith Lee or Naito. I think Lee's on the card. I think you'd do Keith Lee and Ishii. Oh, didn't you just? Jesus. Um, big names that won't be on the show. I could see someone like Darby Allen not making it on. Yeah. Lost in the shuffle. Kenny Jeff Omega. Hardy. I could see them doing, because I think Matt said on his podcast that they've never won the IWGP tag title, so they probably would do mm. Hardy's going after those belts. Uh, Charles Burke, as a New Yorker with family in Long Island, it warms my heart to see such a garbage place <laughs> embarrass how embrace how trashy they are. It's truly a sight to behold. I think Long Island may be my favourite place AW has shows. It has such a unique vibe, the crowd are actual heels. Yeah. Like, to beat like places like... Montreal and Chicago. Long, who would have thought Long Island? It's MJF, man. MJF has created that. Yeah. Brilliant. Dixon Cider. Great show, but during the show, I could not keep my mind off the Kota Ibushi situation. Yeah. Well, you know, if Kota leaves New Japan, that's not a lock that he's going to walk into AEW because AEW have a working relationship with New Japan. Mm hmm. Jacob Smith. Evidence that Wrestle Talk truly is on the Khan coin. Ollie moans for like a week about. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club needing a story, and they magically get one. <laughs> Does that mean I'm paying? No, I think it means that, like, I mean, Tony apparently did an interview recently where he admitted that he does see suggestions like that fans leave on Twitter and be like, well, that's a really good idea. I'm going to take that. I'm on Twitter. No, but he he listens to this podcast. <laughs> and he, he, like, last week, he was sat there listening to the podcast and he was like, he's right. They need a storyline. <laughs> well, stick with, with Kingston in the parking lot. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, my trio's titles still aren't manifesting. Outrageous. Come on, lads. Cash a fellow Brit in. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, Khan said he's made them. What, the coins? The trio oh, titles. Oh, the trio's titles, right. Yeah, they're there on standby. Gotta be, surely. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce that... I mean, actually, no, what we're talking about, they'll do a tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, House of Black versus Death Triangle won't be for the belts, so mm. double or nothing. This is probably another match on the card. <coughs> yeah, good point. Uh, Mark, I freaking called it last week with uh, Blackpool Combat Club joining Kingston. It must have been you. Well done, Mark. Next prediction, Ruby wins the Owen. She's elevated by huge wins over former champions Rio and Brit in the final. She did two before the injury news. After winning, she's now a credible threat to Jade. Yeah, so they announced on the show that Hikaru Shida was still in the tournament, but they said, we're hoping she's going to be okay for the tournament. They then announced after the show that Chris Statlander is going to replace her in the tournament mm. because Shida's injuries following the match with Serena Deep. James C. Morgan, terrible booking. Dax should have gone all the way to the final and then lose to the Joker, making a new heel. Also, why the four pillars booked to lose so often? That title feels like the money in the bank. It seems nice, but doesn't matter if you lose constantly. <clears throat> so with the Dax stuff, I think we might have been, because we all love him so much and we've been fantasy booking this, that I, I think we are in danger here of our own mind overtaking that this is a good story. It's the, it was the right choice to make. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't like that. And because I wanted to see Dax win, but that's almost the idea of pro wrestling as well, is your faves don't always win. Mm. And it's actually, it's made me hate Adam Cole now. Uh, the four pillars, the four pillars stuff. <coughs> they they also win a lot, and they're focused on a lot. But they are also growing, so they do have to lose to the the big current main stars mm-hmm. most of the time until they don't. Yeah. So I until think they become the big stars. I think that's actually very good booking. Frank Botello got my Forbidden Door ticket. Mm, can't wait to see how the card shapes up to be. I don't know. There was that guy that tweeted that the uh, New Japan demo rating wasn't all that great on Access. So I think they're really going to sell, struggle to sell tickets for, for that show. I just I wouldn't be surprised if they really <laughs> struggle to sell tickets. Moron. Aaron James Spear. Hello there. Did you know Ethan Page joined, joined Brazzers? Brazzers responded with a gif of Ethan Page, and Ethan Page liked a tweet of a graphic that said Ethan Page is hashtag all Brazzers. Insane huh. stuff. Death or a bigger defection than Cody Rhodes to WWE. <laughs> I'm just going to go on to the old Twitter machine now. Um, and search Brazzers. Why is it already auto-populating? <laughs> Ethan. Oh, can I get Ethan Hawke? Hold on. Brazzers? Ethan Hawke? <laughs> Ethan Page. Has anyone got all ego Ethan Page's Twitter handle? Because I've searched for Ethan Page and I can't find him. Well, I'll carry I on. I found it. Officially, go. Um, you carry on. Uh, Danny Torkel. I was there last night. Amazing all around. I can feel a third summer of Punk coming. Oh, wouldn't that be good? The pay-per-view card is going to be insane. My question, if Punk wins, who beats Punk? MJF, Wardlow, Mox are returning Kenny. Last night was such an epic night. This company. This company. I have found something with uh, the the Brazzers responding, saying, that's my man right there. Uh, Yeah. Fun stuff. Uh, I think MJF, but after like over a year of Punk's heel reign. To to beat him. Yeah. In Chicago. Mm. Long Island. Oh. Oh. Oh, now you've said it. Banana, Banana Whammer 7. I said the show was a 2 out of 5 last week. This week was an easy 5. It's been a steady 3 or 4 these past few weeks, but this show stepped it up. Loved the Hook and Housen bit. 
We need more <laughs> subversive booking, riding, and wrestling like that. Uh, B and G for Blackpool Combat Club and Kingston versus J A S. Blood and guts. Blood and guts. Yes. Yeah. Too, there was too many letters. There was confusion. Standing alone. Uh, OGP. Yeah, you know me. At work with my friend from college. Uh, said even without context, the writing makes sense, and he could easily follow along. Just sent the road to, and they were good. Lol. Never watched it before, but I definitely never watched it before. Lol. Uh-huh. I wonder if that was supposed to be. I've never watched it before, but I'll definitely watch it now. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to, I've never watched it before, and I definitely have never watched it before. Plasma PT. Morning, Luke and Ollie. I popped when the Blackpool Combat Club showed up to fight. Also, did anyone notice the look in Regal's eyes? <laughs> I wanted to say war games so bad. Oh, there's something inside of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rini says, hey guys, this week has been really good to me. I got pretty good seats for the Raw Before SummerSlam MSG show. AEW was a whole lot of fun. And now I got free tickets to a Stranger Things event, which oh, cool. quickly become my new favorite show ever. This goes to show that even after bad times, good times are sure to follow. What's your favorite Stranger Things moment it's the hug mm. it's the hug squad goals uh sorry this doesn't I, relate to wrestling i would say um oh god what's his, the actor's name not frodo <laughs> sean astin <laughs> not, Fro- not mikey from goonies sean astin's character in season two, two. yeah bob. it's so good bob yeah. uh, when i did my uh stranger things themed birthday party that was the only person I, I, you know, a lot of characters to choose from. I was like, that is who my fancy dress is. Mm. Him dressed as Dracula. Because yeah. he became my new favorite thing. It's so hard because you want, uh, I can't remember any characters' names now, Winona Ryder and Hellboy to get together. <laughs> David Harper. David Harper, yeah. Um, but yet yeah, to, to put, uh, not Frodo in there. Yeah. Frodo. Sean Astor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dixon Sider said, whoever wrote this headline is either a DAD who transitioned into PG levels or a paper thin guy with gray hair who finally admitted he hates AEW with the low <laughs> percentage ratings he's given because it definitely isn't the man in the mask. DAD PG? Yeah. <laughs> Just adding letters on. <laughs> uh, plan R. Up to sort. I think I figured out why Ollie didn't give Dynamite the scores it rightfully deserves. Beside the WWE kickbacks, it's like the four-minute mile being broken. Once he does give it a hundred percent, it deserve it deserves they'll be giving it. They think they'll deserve doing it every week. A hundred percent for me is the best thing I've ever seen. I know it's not the way most people do their sort of scoring systems, but it's the way I do mine. Because you will pop. You, when it happens back in our movie review days you didn't believe in five star ratings either mm. because you for you that was a hundred percent yeah so you were like you, i think you told me once you've only ever given three films five star ratings mm-hmm. one of which is it's a wonderful life it's a wonderful life 2001 the searchers well, that's it kong skull island <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah so i guess that's that's why you won't probably never give a show 100 percent. Mm. i don't think you ever will Gone into the galaxy, I'd give five stars to. Emotionally. Um, Eric, who's been a member for six months, saying, oh, he's getting skin cream with all that WWE kickback money. Uh, Rini, I feel bad for not talking about the actual show. It was an amazing show. I legitimately thought that Dax was going to make Cole tap out. MJF, my hometown boy, schooled Wardlow. <laughs> Pig! <laughs> 
MJF is my baby face. Give me that blood and guts match. Darby and Jeff are madmen. And for now, Nate S said, so Wardlow is doing the Cody moonsault off the top of the cage. He right? can do them. Oh, yeah. He sure can. He is a big boy, but he can. Ooh. Oh, we can do him, though. That's big. That means we can do the same uh, thumbnail. <laughs> William Touchy Jr. said, Great episode of Dynamite last night. For those who don't get Han Danhausen, think of him as a kind of Monsters type character, Adam's family esque but goofier. Very nice, very evil. Also, Hangman vs. Punk is going to be amazing. Well, thank you very much for coming to join us today. Just want to, last thing to do is we just want to give a special shout out. I mean, I know we've already done our podcast shout outs, but um, anyone who joins us on our live streams know that our awesome moderating team do a great job of keeping the, the bad folk in line and making this a, one of the, the best wrestling communities uh, on YouTube. So thank you to our moderating team, but particularly thank you to Gregory as it's his last day oh, on the moderating Gregory. team. Oh, thank you so much for all your help, Gregory. Let's have a thank you, Gregory. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so, so much. Um, uh, I mean, as Jenna said here, he's the one who sent in the custom Ollie and Luke figures. They're in the studio background. Right those, there. Those ones right up there. And we've got the more bits over there. Exactly. Oh, thank you, Gregory. That's awesome. Yeah. And we will miss you. Good luck in, well, future endeavors. Sounds like a... A, like a, a nasty thing to say. I mean, do you want to just fire him on air? Yeah, no, you're not leaving, Gregory. <laughs> you're done. You're done here. A wrestle talk. Trying to leave us. Nobody leaves us. <laughs> it's going to be Thank you to this. said with love. We love Louis. But he is just factually the only person who's left. <laughs> and thank you to this episode sponsor geology click the link in the video description down below get yourself better skin care uh, through our good friends at geology just gotta take that 30 second quiz and it will get you a bespoke specific skincare routine that we use here in the rustock offices and we adore it this is actually my one from home i have to bring it in every time that we are sponsored by them and i love doing it look at all of this stuff 50 percent off your order uh 50 off your 30 day trials click that link in the video description down below. Speaking of controversial topics, mm. this email and it said, Good morning, fellas. Hope you're okay. I've just been listening to the Raw Review podcast, and I have to say I've massively taken offense to something that Luke had to say about our great country. I happen to believe that England is the best country in the world. It's full of amazing, beautiful places and are quite simply stunning. York, Chester, the Lake District, Somerset, the Norfolk Broads, the Cotswolds, Cornwall, and obviously Bolton, home of the multi mighty Bolton Wanderers. Uh, the cities such as London, my beloved Manchester, and even Luke, your home city of Liverpool, are vibrant and full of history. Whatever motorway you drive, you're in the guarantee to see gorgeous countryside, stunning villages and towns, not forgetting the impressive city skylines. And the English, on a whole, are polite, friendly, witty, and overall decent folk. There are some bad eggs, but isn't there everywhere? I mean, just look at Randy. I'm a proud Englishman, so wash your mouth out, young man. Give this country the credit it deserves and show us some love. So say it with me, Luke. God save the Queen. God save the country. Well, 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 sing it. Uh, what's the tune again? <laughs> uh, God save the country and may have God have and may God have mercy on your soul, Luke Cohen. God have mercy on your M4 loving soul. Keep up the great work. Love you. Uh, which is obviously in response to me saying that I'm not the biggest fan of this. This country. This, country. <laughs> this place. This place. But, I mean, I do agree with the email. Beautiful in places. Mm -hmm. Some places are absolutely stunning. 
Cornwall, as he as they listed there, is lovely. I'm a bit offended though he didn't mention Dartford. <laughs> I think Or the Blackwall Tunnel. Yeah, I think that's you know, when people list off any decent beauty spot place in this great country. Well, I mean, they didn't say Reading either. Mm. Like there was no shout out there for the Oracle, the Reading the shopping centre in Reading. Oh, that's actually it's so big. It was called the Oracle. Yeah, it's called the Oracle. Oracle Shopping Centre. What? That's a weird name if for you're, a shopping centre. If you're driving down the M4, there are signs that say, if you're heading to the Oracle, take exit 11. So use my experience with shopping centres, they're all kind of folksy names. I've got, uh, what's the one name? Blue Water, quite famous. It's a nice one, that. Blue, what, it was. Your <laughs> biggest out-of-town shopping centre when it opened. Yeah, and I, I was there... I bought my all my kids' stuff from there. In fact, like the uh, the car seat mm. and pram we got from Blue Water. Uh, the the orchards was the one in Dartford. Well, so in in Reading, we had the Oracle, which superseded the one that was previous to that, which was called the Butt Centre. The what? <laughs> what did you buy from there? Mostly butts. Yeah, well, mostly centres. I don't. I can't remember why it was called that, but that's. It was just called the Butt Centre. How was Butt spelt? B U T T S. What? The Butt Centre. <laughs> Where did you get your clothes from? The Butt Centre? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, oh, I wish. Well, the, that's uh, what I, I want that place. Yeah, and, and the Butt Centre was like, it was a bit too. <laughs> By the time I was sort of old enough to go into <laughs> shopping, you go to the Virgin Megastore and then you may go to the Butt Centre because you can go to Rusty's Records and pick up some um, mm. some CDs and stuff uh, or some comic books. But yeah, that was pretty much the only place you would go to. What was their name again? Sorry, Alex. Yeah. So I, I do, yeah, I agree. Love this country. Um, but I am also of the opinion it is a bit rubbish. However, most countries are rubbish. Not Canada. I think it probably is. No, Canada's great. I think if you're there. No, I think I think I Canada think Can- is great. I think Canada's great. I think Belgium is great as well. I think Canadans would be the first to tell you <laughs> that it's rubbish. And that I've I've now got Belgian family thanks to my long lost uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they were like, well, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, as Belgium, as was once described on Games Master, as a place that didn't exist until Tintin made it real. Also, it's so flat. Oh, but that's one of the great things about no, it, though. No, it's mostly World War II graveyards, if you drive through it. It's mostly a st- it's it's a transitionary level mm. between other countries. <laughs> between two bigger yeah. countries. Yeah. yeah, you've got, like, you know, you've got France, yeah. main, that's a big level. Big one. And then you've got a kind of, you're like, oh, wow, that only lasted about half an hour, all in all, when you go through Belgium. Boom, Germany. Germany, massive. It's the size of four levels. Yeah, it's massive, that one. <laughs> Split into it's actually a two parter. It's not anymore. <laughs> oh god, I didn't even. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was, I don't think many British motorway drives are that nice, particularly around London, because yeah. it is. It's not like beautiful countryside. Well, it's industrial estates. That, that is what I would. I'd go back on that email when you mm. say you could take any motorway and you will see beautiful countryside. I don't think you would. Um, the M4 you will just because it goes into Wales. Yeah, yeah, so that's like the by, nice part, by yeah. default it sort of like does go through a nice place. But 
The M6 is all right. The M5's a nightmare. Don't, mm. don't, don't ever, you no, know, you never need to be on the M5 for too long, but the M6 is an absolute disaster. Actually, having said that, that goes into Scotland, and that's got some beautiful vistas. Oh, in it. you like it when it's no longer England, don't you? Scotland's a lovely place. It's too chilly. Um, <laughs> people, send in your favourite roads. Well, Maybe there's some American roads that we're not. I was trying the to Cody get, roads. I was trying to get people to email in about their favourite service stations, and no one did. <laughs> Look, okay, here it is. Roads to the top. It's our new segment, favourite roads, yeah. favourite service stations. If you're from the UK, actually, or America. Or, or America. And you want to tell us about your favourites. Anywhere high, in the high, world. Anywhere in the world. The Autobahn. But if you want to tell us about your favourite road, your favourite stretch of road, that's, that's the sort of content that we're looking for. That's the sort of hashtag content that we're after. Via automobile? Or can this be a road that I walk down? No, I'd say it has to be like a, a long stretch of road, like a highway or a motorway or mm -hmm. the autobahn. Okay, okay. Um, vehicular. Yes. Can I also... Sir vehicular. Can I, can I suggest a, another email topic I'd like to people to yeah. join in on? So, I turned 37 this year, which means I am on that long road to 40. And I would like to start a new thing called 40 before 40 where I want to do 40 things before I turn 40. So I'm giving myself quite a bit of time to mm. get these done. So I've got some things like on my, but I haven't really got anything on my list of things that I want to do or I haven't done before. So I'm looking for suggestions from people of things that, hey, you might want to try this before you are 40. Hunt a human for sport. Yeah, things like that nature. I have not done it before. Mm. I haven't been hunting in general. I have shot a gun though. I've fired a gun. All right. Um, no, but... need to, no need to brag. <laughs> I've shot a gun. A real one? Yeah. Yeah. Several real ones. Have you really? Yeah. Out the back of a disused school in oh, Latvia. That, that's out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did mine under very controlled circumstances, and they were like old World War One rifles. Oh, that sounds great. It was an experience day from a friend, yeah. Stag Day. It was terrifying. It was so loud. I um, I literally screamed in terror when they first people, because you had your big headphones on, and me and Laurie looked mm. at each other with the most terrified looks on our face, being like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this much. Laurie does not know fear. <laughs> oh, he did this day. I can't I, imagine I, a scared oh, Laurie I, I saw the fear in his eyes when we locked, when we locked eyes, and then we were like, can't we just go back to the house and play board games? <laughs> I bet it was the exact same expression Laurie always has. And you were projecting your fear onto him. Absolutely not. He's a palimpsest of the face. <laughs> we're like, we'll go back to the house, we'll play Smash Up, and it'll be all be fine. Do you know bucket list was not a common term until the movie? Until the movie, I did not know that. What the I hell? Mean, That's two thousand seven. Granted, it was the first time I'd ever heard the term, but then I just assumed that it was something that, so, yeah, you assumed everyone... it was a thing. Yeah, no. Um, so it's not. It's not quite a. I don't know if it's a bucket list. It sort of You're is, not dying. I'm not dying, but I, I may. You know, I'm going to go see Primus this year, and I haven't seen Primus in ten years, so it might be the last time I ever see Primus again. So, but you've already done that. No, but that doesn't go on the forty. But I'm also looking at buying tickets because Limp Bizkit are touring the UK, and I've never seen Limp Bizkit live. But tickets for it because it's sold out <laughs> are 140 pounds each. Bargain. And I'll probably be going on my own. Do you um? Yeah, so because if you said, oh, I'm going to try out all these new things before I'm 40, mm -hmm. I, what are you doing, Luke? I'm going to see Limp Biscuit. That doesn't seem 
too far away from the person but in I've, your current taste. But I've never done that before. You've never done it. So, yeah, I just want to be clear on the thing. Okay. Well, I mean, this is why I'm looking for suggestions, because mm. as it currently stands, I'm just looking at things that I probably would have done mm. without this list. Yes. So I need like, I need the, the the listenership to kind of push me into, hey, have you thought about doing something like this before? Uh, I may look at it and be like, don't fancy that. Like, I don't really want to do a bungee jump. No. I don't think I want to skydive. No. I want some, like, really... I want suggestions that you I, I wouldn't have thought of otherwise. So support at WrestleTalk.com. Do send us an email. Uh, and I am back on the podcast tomorrow with Denise Salcedo. Team Danuk is back once again like a renegade master. We will be talking about the biggest week. Uh, sorry, the biggest news of the week. And then on Saturday, it is Pete and Angela. Hobby Angela. Nights, who will be doing the SmackDown review. So be sure to tune in for that. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 